This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's get it. All right. First question we have is mini cut related. Are you approaching anything differently during this mini cut versus your last one in terms of anything you learned since that one that you will implement this time? All right. So as far as the mini cut goes, um, as always, one of the biggest things like anytime you're dieting is just focusing on food volume, getting plenty of fiber, getting lots of lean protein, and just all these different things. And like, really, that's those are principles of no matter where we're at, they're a good idea. Just even when you're at maintenance or in a building phase to prevent overeating. But um, as of now, like a couple of the biggest things I focus on right away are like, okay, in my building phase, two weeks ago, I was implementing a lot of things like milk. Um, I was drinking Gatorade intra workout to help me get all my carbs in. Um, I was drinking a big ass smoothie in the mornings. that was a lot of calories. All these things were literally just to help me hit my calorie goal because my appetite just wasn't that high. Um, at the time I was at about 33 to 3,400 calories. So right away I dropped all liquid calories, um, dramatically cut back on, I wouldn't say dramatically, but cut way back on things like even like protein shakes. Okay. I'm going to swap a protein shake for like, I'm going to eat chicken breast or lean ground Turkey or some whole food. Now a protein protein, like a whey protein is literally just the byproduct of like when they make cheese is essentially what they scrape off the top. So I would argue that it is more or less a whole food is a lot less of a quote-unquote supplement than people think um but i have been it's little things like that so again we're removing all liquid calories no more big ass smoothie that's replaced with greek yogurt berries and like oatmeal um and similarly like no more intra-workout gatorade no more milk right away those are like swaps i can make that the food that i replace them with the solid whole food will take longer to to digest it'll keep me full longer and for me this is very important right now because this is so this mini cut is a lot more aggressive than anything i've done in the past so my most recent mini cut before this was last december getting ready for a photo shoot and i was at four times a week i was at i just looked this up the other day to see what the disparity was and it was four times a week my training days i was at 2600 calories three times a week i on my off days i was at 2000 calories now this time around i'm just at 1800 to 1900 calories every day of the week so it is definitely i'm also heavier than i was then and i lost pretty quickly on the previous one so it is definitely more aggressive a lot more aggressive um but again like the goal of a mini cut is to lose fat super quickly and get back into a productive building phase and like the more time we can buy for more productive building before i once again get to the point where i'm like feeling too fluffy and we need to go into longer cut the better so I am all for it. Um, but yeah, the, one of the, the biggest thing is for sure, it is a lot more aggressive than my last mini cut. That said, my last mini cut, I also had, what, four days a week of cardio. 
Now I don't have any cardio outside of a step goal. So there is also that will make up for some of it. The fact that I'm not doing cardio, I just realistically don't have time for it like I did then. Um, Also, training has looked a good bit different. So at the time of my last, I was only training four days a week, but training just continued as normal. Now, this time around, I'm training six days a week, but my training is dropped to minimum effective volume. So basically, if we look at, and this is getting into Renaissance Periodization's volume landmarks, but basically, if we're looking at like um, minimum adaptive volume, minimum effective volume, minimum recoverable volume, and maximum adaptive volume, which are again Renaissance periodization's volume landmarks. And minimum effective volume is basically thought to be the absolute minimum amount of volume you need to slightly or to actually stimulate muscle growth. So it's slightly above like your maintenance volume. So really how I'm trained currently and how a lot of my clients train because in like the client that asked this, this is how you train. Um, shout out to Rachel. But basically over the course of a mesocycle, we are going from minimum effective volume. So basically the minimum amount we need to do to stimulate muscle growth and still make progress forward to maximum recoverable volume or a bit beyond that. Now that said, through this mini cut, again, like we know, I talk about body recomposition a lot on this podcast, Christopher Bearcat, and I have a great episode on that. I've talked about it again multiple times. There's multiple episodes devoted to that. That said, with where I'm at currently, my training, my nutrition, my sleep, everything has been dialed in for years at this point. I've been obsessed with this for a long time. So my chances of recomping or like, I'm going to lose 10 to 15 pounds of fat over the next four to six weeks, which is what we are aiming for. Again, this is very aggressive. That's just my odds of also building a lot of muscle during that time aren't high. So here it's basically do enough to maintain muscle. If you build a tiny bit, great. But again, that's not likely. Rather, we're trying to shed again, 10 to 15 pounds, which would open up for me another six months of productive building another six months in a productive building phase before entering likely a longer cut before summer um so yeah really the the fact that this is so much more aggressive than anything i've done before um and i'm working on a coach like anytime you're doing something like this it's always a good idea to work on a coach shit if you're a coach yourself it's a good idea to work on a coach just like here like i've seen two different coaches with two different approaches to this and it's always learning more but any if you're looking to undertake something like this if you're looking to go through a proper building phase i would absolutely recommend that you work with a coach um outside of that those are really the main differences i'm stoked for this i love the grind of dieting as crazy as that sounds just feeling super regimented super disciplined um even more so than like in a building phase there's just some in a weird way it gets me excited to like feel hungry sometimes it feels it feels good in a way or like weighing out my spinach (laughs) shit like that that like for most people is a sustainable no like a mini cut as a whole isn't like a sustainable way of dieting and that's not supposed to be again it's very quick fat loss we're doing it so quickly that you don't have to worry about losing muscle mass and then we're getting back to productive building but as a whole just doing hard shit like this from time to time is one of the best things you can do for your confidence like and just self-belief. 
like for me, I've been on fire this last couple days since I've started this mini cut, just so fired up about everything I'm doing. There's just something about like really fucking pushing yourself, really challenging yourself to do hard shit that I think carries over to every other area of your life and kind of off on a tangent now. But yeah, as far as the mini cut goes, those are the main differences. All right. Next question is how to market to your ideal client via Instagram. I love this question. Um, and this is something we talk about, like with the coaches that I mentor, this is something that we talk about a lot. So really as a content creator, most coaches that are trying to build an online business are coaches and content creators. And the reality is marketing is a huge part of our job. So when we're talking about speaking to your most ideal client, how I always like to look at this and truly for me, I don't feel like I was super dialed in on this until 2020, but really first and foremost, taking the time to get super clear on who your ideal client is. And I think that's the first mistake a lot of people make. Now, I don't think you have to niche down super hard, but if you're constantly speaking, so for example, I know for me, it was basically like for a long time, it was whoever I had talked on, talked to on the phone like the most that week. That's who I was speaking to. So like, okay, my most recent call was with um, a 40-year-old woman who was a beginner to all of this. So for the next couple of days, like that's what's on my mind. I'm speaking to her in my content. Oh, and then my next one was with this really advanced coach who wanted to learn about these um, complex strategies for hypertrophy. So that's who my content was talking to. And it makes your message very confusing if you are all over the place like that. So how I look at this now is one, you always here to make your avatar. And while I don't think people need to niche down super hard, having that avatar of your ideal client is super helpful. And like anytime I'm creating content for Instagram, anytime I'm writing blogs, anything of that nature, I am always imagining that I'm writing it to this one specific person. And for me, instead of an avatar, I just think of like literally my ideal clients that I work with. There are always a couple of clients I have in mind that I'm imagining I'm writing this for them. Hey, would they find this interesting? Would they find this useful? Would they find this motivating? Or is this some shit that they just like wouldn't have any interest in? Because again, I think that one mistake people make is just putting out content for the sake of putting out content. It's like, okay, I take my content box for the day, which like for me, I know that's something that I did for a long time. And it wasn't nearly as effective for bringing in clients who love working with you and who you love working with. So very much like a great example of this is the handful diet by precision nutrition. Something that I used to like talking, I used to talk about a lot, basically just for the sake of making content, not so much because I wanted to attract clients that um, use a handful diet. And like, so now like I exclusively talk about macros because the clients that I attract and the clients that I enjoy working with the most like tracking their macros. So, well, like there are many days where like the first thing that comes to mind is something like, okay, today I haven't talked about the handful diet for a while. I'm just gonna talk about that, right? But from the frame of my most ideal client, it's not appealing to them. That's not something that interests them. So it's not something that I'm gonna put out. So I really think that as long as you're putting things like that, if you're putting um, things out in that context or looking at things through that frame, I should say, it's pretty easy to speak to your ideal client and just getting clear on like what their struggles are. So again, like with the clients that I work with, almost always it's not like 
effort is never the problem for these people. It's always people that are working their asses off. They're crushing it in the gym. They're likely already like working very hard with their diet. Like again, like typically people are already eating clean. Um, just in all areas, they need more structure. So for example, maybe as a client that is, let's say they're following a paleo diet and they are training CrossFit. That said, they're not necessarily like super, they don't have macros specific to them if they track macros at all. And they want to get leaner and build more muscle, right? But we know what well as CrossFit is gonna crush you, it's not necessarily like if your number one goal is hypertrophy, it's probably not the most effective way to train. So, but and like likely these clients are crushing themselves five to six days a week in the gym. And if anything, they need to dial it back. So typically, like who we attract and who we like working with, again, just because we seem to click very well, is clients like this who don't necessarily need like a kick in the ass. Hey, like push yourself harder. It's more like, hey, let's create more structure, work smarter, not harder. And that is the missing piece for you. So it's really like also getting clear on those clients. What are their problems? And again, looking at it from the frame of clients you already work with, imagining that you're just writing your content or speaking to them, you can also just examine what were their biggest struggles? Why did they start with you? And just speak to that in your content and more people that are struggling with the same, more people that are similar will um, hop on board with your coaching service. But again, I think it really comes down to getting hyper clear on who you're speaking to and only putting out content that speaks to them rather than putting out content just for the sake of putting out content. All right. And that is all the questions we have for today. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you took value from this podcast, if you enjoyed it, do me a huge favor, take a screenshot of your phone right now, share this to Instagram and tag me. I want to thank you for listening and you're really helping me grow the reach of this show. All right. Again, thank you for tuning in.